Hello, friends, and welcome again to the First Loved Podcast. So, what's new? How many times have you said it or heard it when you get together with someone? So, what's new? I was reading something recently, and someone pointed out a bunch of the verses where the word new showed up, particularly in the New Testament. And, of course, at the heart of First Loved, I mentioned about it a little bit last week that the focus is on the new command. And so I just got to thinking about, so what's new? It was really fun to explore these passages. So I just want to take a little bit of time here to reflect on what's new, because I think what happens is when something was new and then it becomes familiar, we forget just the wonder of this new thing that we have, this new experience that's available to us. So this is primarily just a reminder, a review But at the end, I do want to encourage us to think about, even though we have these wonderful truths about what's new, still the challenge is is how do we get out of the old, where even knowledge of the new doesn't necessarily translate into living in the new, that it's just still really easy to live out of the old because it's familiar, because it is a rut, And there are some things we still need to do, like the first love practices, etc., that are just so necessary to make the new become really a new way of living, a new life. So let me just quickly run us through just some of these wonderful, if somebody came up to uh, somebody right after the Holy Spirit had come, maybe ran into Paul, (laughs) maybe that would be the best thing, right? Come up to Paul and say, yo, dude, so what's new? And he's like, sit down, because <laughs> I got something to share with you. Seriously, I mean, yeah, right? If somebody walked up to Paul and said, so, dude, what's new? I just can't even imagine for him, like, he just wants to say, you're going to need to sit down for the next hour. Let me help you understand. And maybe in some senses to even help through the idea of Paul, what was the old? Paul was living under the Old Covenant. And again, it's unfortunate that our Bibles say Old Testament and New Testament because the word is covenant. And there's the Old Covenant and covenants, and then there's the New Covenant that was promised and Jesus and the Spirit, of course, are the heart and soul of this New Covenant, this new commitment of God to us as his people. So the Old. Well, for Paul, the Old was the Old Covenant. And under the Old Covenant, The thing that identified a Jew as a Jew were several things, actually. One of them was circumcision, that this rite that took place on the eighth day of the male child, it was something that God had told them to do, that as a reminder that they were his people. But then there were these specific practices of observing the law, of keeping the Sabbath, of certain feasts. And these things were the identity markers to being an Israelite under the Old Covenant. It was about law. It was about circumcision. It was about Sabbath and the feasts and temple worship or whatever it might be. Now, suddenly, Paul experiences Jesus and the Spirit. And this guy, you come up and say, yo, dude, so what's new? And he's like, okay, my whole categories have been blown to smithereens, you know, and He says, first of all, it just starts under the fact that, you know, in Jeremiah, God promised that I will make a new covenant. And he says, this is the covenant I will make with the people of Israel after that time. I will put my law in their minds 
and write it on their hearts. I will be their God and they will be my people. No longer will they teach their neighbor or say to one another, know the Lord, because they will all know me. All know me in the sense of a relational knowing, from the least of them to the greatest, declares the Lord, for I will forgive their wickedness and remember their sins no more. Now, this was a, just an amazing promise, right? But that there would be another covenant, a new covenant. And in this new covenant, it mentions something about the law. It mentions something about knowing the Lord. It mentions something about forgiveness. And then later in Ezekiel, God promised as well, I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. I will remove from you your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh, and I will put my spirit in you and move you to follow my decrees. Think about that. I will put my spirit in you and move you to follow my decrees and be careful to keep my laws. And then Joel, God prophesied through him that I will pour out my spirit on all people. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days. And in 2 Corinthians 3, 6, Paul actually says that God has made us competent as ministers of a new covenant, not of the letter, but of the spirit, for the letter kills, but the spirit gives new life. So, Paul, what's new? Well, first of all, let's just say it straight up. The new covenant the new covenant has been enacted. The new covenant has been declared. I don't know how many of us remember, but it was in that final meal that Jesus had with the disciples that the new covenant, he takes the third cup, the cup of redemption, and says, this is my blood, the blood of the new covenant for the forgiveness of sins. What did Jeremiah's text say? This covenant, this new covenant, will also have with it God forgiving wickedness and remembering sins no more. Do you realize in that moment when Jesus said, here, this is going to enact the new covenant, and it's in my blood, and in one of the, I don't know if it's Matthew's or Luke's, but it says, for the forgiveness of sins. That's how that was going to be accomplished. That's how that promise was going to be fulfilled, that Jesus was going to be that sacrifice and the high priest, and he was going to give himself once for all for sins to be forgiven and for God to forget, and that his blood would be the blood that would be shed, enacting, initiating, what? Launching this new covenant. But Paul wouldn't stop there. He's like, oh, that's just the start. That's just the beginning. With this new covenant and with the coming of the Spirit, and mind you again, it's about Jesus, right? The other thing the new covenant said, that we put my... put my law in their minds, write it on their hearts. Through Ezekiel, he said that the Spirit would be in us and move us to follow and keep the decrees. Well, the amazing thing is that then you have Paul, his experience with Jesus, and he recognizes that, oh my gosh, this is the new covenant. And this is through Jesus and his sacrifice, his atoning sacrifice, that we have this forgiveness of sins in a way that God would remember it no more. And it's once for all, it's permanent, it's good. But then in this idea that he says, God had promised that everyone would know me. Well, how do we all get to know him? Well, it's the spirit who's been poured out so that we each individually become his son or daughter and he becomes our God and our father. Friends, seriously. <laughs> 
There was only a handful of people in the Old Testament under the Old Covenant that had some sort of intimacy with God. The Spirit was on the prophet, the Spirit was on the priest, the Spirit was on the king. But on the ordinary folks, no. It was by the Spirit, through Jesus, that the law would be written on our hearts, but that's how each one would come to know. Somebody wouldn't have to say, oh, you should go learn about God. No, by believing in the Lord Jesus and receiving the Holy Spirit, you got and here's another new, new birth. Peter says, 1 Peter 1.3, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, that in his great mercy he has given us new birth. In Titus, he says, he saved us through the washing of rebirth and renewal by the Holy Spirit. <sighs> I said last time, I said, Christianity is not a religion. It is a relationship, and this relationship begins by faith in Jesus. The Holy Spirit comes in, and we experience being rebirthed, born again, a new birth. This is part of this new covenant, so we can all know him from the least to the greatest and be in that kind of intimate relationship with him. But not only are we born individually into this relationship, but Paul then also promises that in Ephesians, he says his purpose, when Jesus did all this for us, he said his purpose was to create in himself one new humanity out of the two. And it's hard to translate, I think, but the idea is that you and I, we were birthed into a new people, into a new family, a new people of God that it wasn't like the old covenant and the old thing that you were by ethnicity. We are God's people now, his new creation. In fact, there's this amazing moment where in Galatians, like, get a look, this is Paul. Circumcision, law, Sabbath, feasts, etc. Paul says this in Galatians 6, 15, 16, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision means anything. Seriously. Somebody look at Paul and go, dude, have you lost your mind? He says, oh yeah, totally. The new covenant, Jesus and the spirit, totally. But I'm telling you, this stuff doesn't mean anything. And then he says, what counts is the new creation. Peace and mercy to all who follow this rule to the Israel of God. And most scholars believe that Paul's referring that the Israel of God is no longer the circumcised. It's those who have put their faith in the Lord Jesus and experienced the spirit that we are the new Israel of God, the new people of God. Paul, circumcision and uncircumcision mean nothing? Well, it's like, do tell, Paul. So what else is new? So what's new, dude? And then comes this moment. I, I still don't understand why it's not one of the most, like John 3.16, to somebody who first comes into the relationship with God, like this should be the thing that they just have to memorize from the get-go. Where Paul says this, but now by dying to what once bound us, we have been released, released from the law so that we serve in the new way of the Spirit and not, not in the old way of the written code. Do you hear the promise through Jeremiah that his law would be written on our hearts, that, or through Ezekiel, that the Spirit would move us to obey and follow? And here Paul says, by dying to what once bound us, I mean, 
oh, guys, seriously, we got to help you appreciate. This is the Apostle Paul, man. This dude was trained by one of the greatest rabbis ever known, I think. He knew the law forward, backwards, and sideways, he said. He was faultless. His righteousness, his zeal for the law was just off the charts. And now he says, oh, you have died and been released from the law. What? That's not possible. I mean, most of the time, Paul was in hot water because people believed he was saying, you didn't have to obey the law. <laughs> well, he wasn't quite saying it that way, but he was saying, if you would be led by the Spirit, empowered by the Spirit, keep in step with the Spirit, you would bear the fruit of the Spirit, which would fulfill all the law. <laughs> so he was sort of saying, you have been released from it. And you no longer live in the old way of the written code. Friends, seriously. So, Paul, what's new? The new covenant. You and I live in this time of the new covenant being fulfilled. And the essence of those promises in Jeremiah of this new covenant of him being with us and us being, he would be our God and we would be his people and everybody would know and sins would be forgiven and the law would be on our hearts. This all happened through Jesus and the Spirit. So that you've got a guy who these things mattered. They, he was killing people because people were saying that these things didn't matter. And now he became the primary spokesman to the fact that under the new covenant, now, you are in the family of God. You are one of his people through this new birth. And when you get this new birth, you become a part of this new creation, this new people, this new family. You are transformed from the inside out. And then the Spirit empowers you to walk in the new way of the Spirit and not in the old way of the written code. And how many Christians are still trying, still trying to do their walk? trying to live up to law, where Paul's saying, no, under the new covenant, if we would pay attention to the Holy Spirit, listen to him, follow his promptings, we will inevitably fulfill that law, which he said, ultimately, loving your neighbor as yourself, fulfill the law. Well, how much more does then finally the new command? Do you see these new things? So what's new? Finally, it's the new command, too, is that not only do we live out by the Spirit, the love of the Lord, but the final one, the new command that was given on the same night that the new covenant was going to happen through Jesus' death, the new Spirit, the new command, is that that new command is this relationship thing. It's about coming to him. We talked about last time of spending time together to be loved so that you could love as and because loved. And that's only possible through Jesus and the Spirit. And the joy is, is as you go out there and love as you're loved, you're going to fulfill the law. You're going to keep it. You're going to do it. That's life under the new covenant. That's what it means to be a part of the new people of God, the new creation, the new birth, the new way of the Spirit walking out the new command. Well, that, like I said, I just wanted to remind you of this wonderful thing because we can easily forget how radical, how crazy cool this time in which we live under the new covenant. And yet, how many of us, many of you listened, know this. And yet still at times we find ourselves still living out of old beliefs, that things have been so deeply ingrained in our minds and practices and habits that undermine this and keep us from walking 
And most of all, you've heard me say over time now, especially because of my dissertation, that the neuroscience folks have helped us to understand that just knowing a wonderful truth like this doesn't translate into changed beliefs, attitudes, behaviors. That ultimately transformation, change comes because you do something over and over again. But especially where they're saying that the most profound change agent, as it were, is relationship. It's loving relationship. It's positive, powerful experiences with one another, with God. And the love verse and God sighting practices, that's what they help happen, is to have these very powerful, concrete experiences with God through words and actions that they begin to rewire. They begin to change. So one is that it's still, even though we know this wonderful truth, if we don't do the practices that are going to help us to change the old, we will still live out of the old, even though we have a knowledge of the new. And in some cases, just some habits. We have habits about time. We have habits of time where we're just so used to spending time in certain ways, and they're so deeply ingrained that we just fall into them routinely. So many distractions, so many other ways to spend time, and that we've done it over and over and over again, that that's just what we do next. So even where we'd want to spend time, where we'd anticipate and look forward to, if we don't address these beliefs, if we don't address these habits, if we don't ask the Lord to go, please help me to establish new patterns, new practices, so that I can have new beliefs and ultimately these new behaviors that all this wonderful stuff about what it, this new way of living can actually really become reality in my life. Just knowing what I just rehearsed with you is not enough. It's nice to know. It's wonderful, amazing, actually radical information. But it still takes doing the right kinds of things to see that happen in our minds and in our hearts. Well, I want to just finish then with once again hearing the Lord say to us that this is what he wants to see happen. Through Christ and in Christ, you have died to what once bound you. I have released you from the law, and I can release you from anything else so that you can serve in the new way of the Holy Spirit and not in the old way of the written code, so that you can actually come to me and be loved in order to love as and because loved. There really is a new way of living, a new way of loving under the new covenant. So come, let me touch those areas. Let me help you find friends who will help you get freedom also, not just from the law, but from old habits, old beliefs, old practices, until you can actually live in this and enjoy the wonder of it. I, your God, am with you. I am faithful and I will help you. Give me a chance. Let's do it together. I love you. Thank you, Father. Thank you, thank you, thank you for this remarkable season and time we live in. We just pray, help us. You said you would. Help us now to take the next step. Whatever that next step is for us today, this week, that will help us see this new thing really worked out in our lives. To that end, we love you and bless you. Thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless and have a great day.